Welcome to this episode recap episode for The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and in this episode, we'll be recapping episodes 11 through 17 of our show, The Trials Series. If you're new to The Last Refuge, thanks for giving us a try, and hopefully these episode recap episodes will be a quicker way for you to get caught up on the story. If you're a long-time listener, we hope you enjoy these little trips down memory lane. In either case, more of these recaps, as well as the full versions of all of our episodes, can be found on our website, www.dndlastrefuge.com, or on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else podcasts are found. And this probably goes without saying, but just in case, if you haven't listened to the episodes we're about to recap, there are definitely spoilers. But enough housekeeping, we've got a lot to catch you up on in these seven episodes, so let's get started. At the end of episode 10, we left Bria, Bizdira, Flick, and Kit with Kashak, the leader of the Shimmerscale tribe of Kobolds, awaiting his decision on whether or not the party would be allowed to participate in the Trials of Leadership. He began by asking them whether they even wanted to participate. You first. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, no, you. No, but really you. So Flick will step forward. <sighs> And uh, <laughs> he will please, so he, pleased, uh, so pleased, mm. and uh, he will say, "We would like to participate in the trials." Yes. And with that, Kashak gave his decision. I have decided that I will not let you. Put, no, I'm totally kidding. That you can participate. <laughs> that oh was so jerk. Rude. I was 100 <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> Just because we've taken this decision so seriously, right? Yeah. Two days later, the trials began. Our adventurers were given instructions to report to an area of the tunnels they had not yet explored, first thing on the morning of the first trial. Uh, And you pass into this sort of great arena. There are, it's clear that like, there are stands or bleachers or, you know, whatever, cut into the stone in this enormous cavern sort of surrounding the central area. But the bleachers, the seating area is completely empty at the moment. And this sort of massive circular open space in the middle is just completely empty except for Kashak standing in the very center and Drank's and his team is already standing in the center with Kashak. So a few minutes later, the Thoughtful Three and Meepo emerge and approach the center, and Kashak sort of claps his hands to signal the beginning of the ceremony. And then he turns to Dranks's group and says, The four of you are entering this trial of your own free will and are choosing to work together as a team. And each of them in unison responds yes. And he says, and in the event that your team prevails, which of you shall be the leader of the Shimmerscale people? And Drank steps forward and says, I, tribe leader. And then he steps back and Kashak nods. And then he turns to the Thoughtful Three in Meepo and says the exact same thing again. And Hox steps forward. What? And says, I, tribe leader. Nice. My mind is blown. (laughs) Uh, And she steps back. And then Kashak turns to you, and the whole ritual happens again. Flick will step forward and say, <laughs> again, so happily. He's and give so a little thrilled. Bit of and say, I, tribe leader. Bazira totally wanted to, like, jump forward and be like, me, psych! <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, God. Yeah. Isn't Bazira's forbearance just awe-inspiring? It's a shame you all can't see how hard I'm rolling my eyes right now. 
At any rate, Kashak continued the opening ceremonies for the trials, presenting each participant with an amulet etched with the symbol of the shimmer scale on it. The ceremony was solemn and clearly very ritualized, each action and spoken word prescribed. The party had been on their best behavior for so long, but Bria's curiosity got the better of her at one point. Can I ask your perception. him what, what it is? Are you going to ask him in that moment? Yeah, can I whisper to him, like, what is this? <laughs> He's for sure not going to answer you. Oh, well, couldn't expect him to hold it in for a whole ten minutes now, could I? Silly me. <laughs> Once the opening rituals were over, Kashak announced that the first trial would begin in four hours' time. The participants would spend all of their time not competing confined to isolated chambers, their only point of contact outside the members of their own group being a single escort cobalt. The first trial was to be the trial of wits. When the party was escorted back into the trials arena, the place had been completely transformed, and the stands were packed to capacity with cobalts. I'm imagining it's like a Quidditch game at Hogwarts. <laughs> exactly. Sort That's of. Exactly what I was yeah. Thinking. The World It Cup. is very similar to that, and especially like the shape of the arena and the way that the stands are elevated. The center of the arena was also changed, now holding an enormous circular wooden structure. The party gathered with Kashak and the other two teams, and random lots were drawn to determine who was to attempt the Trial of Wits first. Guess who had to go first? Oh, Fuck us. Really? So, no, 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 no. This is good. This is good. Everybody has to do... Uh, everybody has to be compared to us. I don't know. I'm trying to spin this. <laughs> Flick still needed to complete his portion of the lot-drawing ceremony, though. Ever dramatic, he decided to modify the forms of the ritual just a tiny bit. I'm going to take the re- the blue stone, and I'm going to raise it above my head <laughs> in triumph. Um, and- that kobold that you took it from, like, his eyes get huge. <laughs> oh, God. And he, like, he sort of walks up to you and, like, tries to, like, grab your hand, sort of halting. And then he thinks, and he's, please, please give it back. Please, please give it back now. Does the crowd do anything? They gasp. Do they, do and, they like, cheer? there is a murmur. No. <laughs> oh. When did okay. They gasp, and there's, like, direct. a concerned murmur. <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to right. be a leader. Okay, well, then I give it back to him once I realize I've gotten the reaction that I didn't want from the crowd. I'll give it back there's to a him. Lone, there's a lone kobold. Uh, like, <laughs> you give it back to him, and a lone kobold in the crowd, like, everything quiets down, and then you hear one kobold in the crowd go, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, flick, oh, flick, oh, flick, oh, flick. Good start. Anyway, the trial of wits began. The party was led into the center of the circular chamber, where they were met with seven large doors, each with a different animal inscribed on it. Kashak gave them a series of rules regarding the order in which the doors needed to be opened. He then started a timer and left them to puzzle out the solution. Our adventurers started off strong, figuring out the first three doors with very little trouble, but then the listening skills of some of our friends were called into question. And the note that I have for the fire beetle is, if open before goat, then elephant is open fourth or l- open last. No, that's wrong. No. If right. fire beetle is... <laughs> if the fire sorry, beetle... Sorry, that was funny. <laughs> we're, if, if the fire we're literally like, before... no, sorry. His Dira was set straight, however, and with only a couple of grains of sand of time left, the party correctly solved the puzzle and completed the test of wits, opening the way to exit the structure. Let's race up very quickly and then act really nonchalant. Like <laughs> <laughs> we'll do just that as he's like sweating, yeah, <laughs> sweating, yeah. panting. Next up was the thoughtful three in Meepo. I'm sure their performance won't come as much of a surprise. 
Kashak steps out, and about five seconds later, there are cheers that erupt from the arena. Uh-huh. Um, Show and off. Kashak, the, for the first, yeah, right. For the first time, like Kashak actually looks a little. For, I mean, just for an instant, but he looks a little thrown, and then he's sort of back to his his neutral mask. Is he sitting uh, on a throne? <laughs> I'm no. going to leave that silence in because you- <laughs> the audience should shame you as much as we just did. I hope you all shamed him too. Flick deserves nothing but shame for that. Anyway, last to attempt the trial of wits was Dranks's crew. They didn't do quite as well as the other two teams, as evidenced by the strange sound that Bizdira and Flick heard coming from the arena not long after Dranks began the trial. Bizdira and Flick immediately recognize the sound as indeed the trumpeting of an elephant and a, a fairly angry one at that from what you can tell. And not long... That's quite good. That's what I imagine. Okay, Dumbo. Uh, we used to be able to do it. Remember, I'm continuing the sound effects through the series. Oh, that's right. That's I'm my sorry, I forgot. You're our Foley artist. So not long after the trumpeting sound, I hate all of you. <laughs> well, that's our episode. God. <laughs> Well, that's all we got for today, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so sorry that I made you listen to that during this recap. Let's, let's just move on. The following day, our adventurers faced the trial of strength. The very first challenge they had to take on was an enormous wall that they apparently had to get over. After staring at it blankly for some time, Bizdira decided to take matters into her own hands. Literally. Oh, is this like one of those labyrinth things where there's a bunch of entrances, but they all look exact, like just like walls? I don't. I mean, you guys are still on the other side of the room from the wall. I would like to go up to the wall and run my hand along the length of it. Great, give me a perce- or an investigation or a perception check, whichever. Would you, you say you're caressing the wall? Whichever. Okay, I am. I am Nobody is caressing anything without prior consent. <laughs> Enthusiastic consent, folks. And that's your PSA for the day. Back to the trial. Eventually, the party made it to the other side of the wall, but not before a long discussion about rope, lots and lots of falling, and Kid finally deciding to screw it and turn into a giant spider so she could just walk over. On the other side, the party found... a hole in the ground. Bizdira was the first to approach it, and seeing it was a pretty shallow hole that led to a tunnel deeper in, she decided to have a little fun with her friends. Can I, like, pretend to fall in and go, ah! And, like... Yes, give me a deception check, please. Is it 14? (laughs) Oh, my God. I guess I need insight from the three of you. So, Flick, what's your number? 22. All right. Bria's full of shit. I mean, Bizdira's full of shit. (laughs) Bria, what's your number? Sorry, Bria. (laughs) I don't think she's full of shit because I crit failed. Oh, my God. You're like, Bizdira's dead. She's dead. She's dead. (laughs) She completely Uh, I'm weeping. I'm not having it. Kid, how about you? Well, I did. Kit, what's... I got a four, so I'm not doing. Oh, much you two better. think that Bizdira is like has uh, injured herself? Bizdira's gonna jump up and go, ta-da! <laughs> and now half your party I'm, is I'm gonna furious hit her. at you. I'm gonna hit her, <laughs> and I'm gonna go and caress her with one of my spider arms. <laughs> not just, oh. not just yes. half the party. The entire rest of the party is angry. <laughs> Where am okay, I rolling to hit her? Make a uh, strength attack. I fucking crit! I fucking crit! <laughs> <laughs> I want to leave a palm print on her face. Okay, that's legit. It's there. <laughs> what? It was funny. Well, and the whole, like, the stands that are watching you, like, collectively go, <gasps> <laughs> Grade A leadership right there. Really top-notch. Tremendous. 
Remembering that they were being timed for this trial as well, the emotionally manipulated and betrayed party pressed onwards and down into the tunnel, where they found themselves in a sort of underground maze. After some spelling mishaps by Kit the Spider and several wrong turns, our adventurers came upon some more... uh, Sophie lurks. The battle was tough, and to make matters worse, Flick started noticing that his magic was behaving strangely. This spell was weird. It felt like it was somewhat out of your control. The magic as you as you reached for it felt very unstable. I don't like that. <laughs> Doesn't sound too bad, and it wasn't. Until a bit later, when Flick attempted to cast a more powerful spell and heal one of his friends. Uh, Flick, I need you to roll percentile for me, please. Why? <laughs> Do what I tell you and you'll find out. I love the face that you're making at me right now. <laughs> 91. <laughs> okay, so you release this spell energy into Bizdira, and l- much like with the cantrip, only to a much greater degree, this magic is wild and out of your control and unwieldy. So the effect of the spell happens, but you also feel, you feel the spell somehow rebound upon yourself, and if you die, die within the next minute, uh, something will happen. I hate this so much. If I... I... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't an isolated incident. Nice. All right, roll percentile. I'm really mad at you right now. (laughs) I love you. It's an 82. Um, Okay, so as you cast this spell upon Bria, you again feel a strange sort of rebounding of energy, and you feel yourself sort of quickened magically, and you can take another action this turn. Nice. Hell yeah! How strange. But at least none of the unexpected effects were too harmful. Um, All right, so you just completely incinerate him, and he drops to ashes on the ground. Roll percentile for me. Oh no, I'm going to catch on fire. Something weird. 63. (laughs) God. <laughs> this time you feel the energy of the spell just sort of like you lose control of it and it just sort of goes outward. And for a minute you're worried that like there's going to be fire spreading all around. So you sort of like you tense up and you like close your eyes. And when you open your eyes, you can't see anything. There is just fog everywhere around you. Bizdira tried to blow away that last fog effect by flapping her robes really fast. It didn't work. It did, however, make Kit, who was still a giant spider, laugh. Guys, do you know do you know what a, the sound of a spider laughing is? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to play. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> Eventually, the Sophielurks were defeated, and the party made it out of the maze to the next challenge in the Trial of Strength, a rope bridge spanning an extremely deep chasm. Seeing no particular dangers, they began to cross the bridge. It was then that we felt the full weight of Bizdira's perhaps unhealthy obsession with rope. But, as we do, we decided to have some fun with it. Can I handle, hand, uh, Bria? Yeah, I'll take the rope. Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. <laughs> Guys, here it comes. Hand her what? Good hand her rod. Hand rope. <laughs> yeah. For those of you listening, that is your cue to continue with the rope drinking game. <laughs> That's right. Uh, actual danger warning, do not play this game with, like, shots of hard alcohol. You won't make it through some episodes with the amount that she talks about rope. And speaking of rope, Kit the Spider came up with a pretty solid plan for how they would anchor the rope on the far side so that everyone could use it to get across. Flick pointed out a small problem, though. 
Gotcha, so how gotcha. are you communicating that to me as a spider? Yeah, I was going to say, can can Kit speak as a spider? She can't, but I'm super excited about the game of charades that's about to happen. Tell us all about it, Kit. So I put, you're going to freak out. I'm sorry, Flick. I'm going to so put excited. one of my arms on your shoulder so you don't go across. No, and then, Lord. <laughs> and then I'm going to assume I have like sticky spider thing, like hands, because that's a, that's a thing about spiders, right? I don't know. Sure, yeah, go and for I it. Wanna, yeah, you can spider climb, so. Yeah. The, and then I'm going to use another arm to get the rope and like this is amazing. gesture like I'm trying to attach it to myself and see if Flick gets the idea. Great. I think you'll find Kit uses her giant spider wild shape form less and less often after realizing what a hindrance it is to have your entire party absolutely terrified to get near you. <laughs> anyway, Flick managed to push through his horror and figure out what Kit was trying to communicate. Unfortunately, solid as Kit the Spider's original plan was, it didn't go as smoothly as they'd hoped. Best laid plans of Azimars and Tieflings, as the saying goes. Despite some setbacks, though, they all made it to the far side and were able to continue on to the final challenge of the Trial of Strength, combat. They found themselves in an arena, face to face with a fearsome displacer beast. Both other teams were already there in their own enclosures facing beasts of their own. Kit, after suffering a magical mishap and blasting the crap out of her own team, began to worry about their performance in this trial. Do we think it's a bad sign that they have all beaten us to this enclosure? No, because we all started at different areas. At different points. I still think they're going to beat us at this, but yeah, I was expecting that anyways. Well, that seems somewhat defeatist. <laughs> Time-wise, I think they're going to beat us. Yeah, we are not the speediest. (laughs) Her concerns were borne out as Bizdira fell to the Displacer Beast's attack. Can can I have, like, a dramatic death scene where I go, Ugh! (gasps) Don't forget me! And, like, fall over? You're not Um, dead. Here's here's the thing. I have two things. One, as Flick points out, you're not dead. And (laughs) two, if you had had perhaps more than one hit point, I might buy that you would have the time and presence of mind to do that. But considering that you were on, not death's door, unconsciousness's door as it was, (laughs) I'm going to go with no. For sure, the tentacle hit you on the opposite side of the face from where Bria hit you. So now you've got two, like you've got matching, well, not matching, but uh, balanced marks on your face. The Thoughtful Three and Meepo were apparently not faring any better, but Aryx had a plan. So you two ladies here from the wall that is separating you guys no. from nope. the Thoughtful Three nope. and Meepo, you hear Aryx, no. Aryx's voice. No. And you turn over there and you can see what has happened. And what has oh, happened no. is that Varn has apparently thrown himself in between Aryx and the Displacer Beast and has been defeated, let's say. Aryx, however, was able to make his escape and has run towards the fence that separates your two enclosures and is holding a small little pouch and thrusting it between the slats of the fence towards you guys. And he just says, take it! (laughs) I'm gonna dash towards Aryx. Okay, uh, what are you doing? Because you have an action still over there. Can I, like, stick my sword through the thing to hit it? Like, is it that close? Uh, it's not close enough to hit it, and Aryx is sort of in the way. <laughs> why me? Like, why? That's always you. When you were the one who always. said you were going to get it, I almost peed. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, okay, I'm gonna take the thing from him, and can okay. I at the same time take... Uh, one of my daggers and like uh-huh. t- put it through the thing and tell him to take it. Sure. 
Absolutely. So you take the pouch, the pouch kind of clinks like there's something like glass or metal inside. You hand Oryx your knife. He reaches for it. Oh god. Oh god. And the Displacer Beast's two tentacles both at the same moment slap down onto his back and they sort of dig in a little bit and he gets yanked backwards towards the Displacer Beast by the tentacles uh, and the knife or the dagger sort of drops to the ground between the two of you. What was in the potions Oryx had handed over? Healing? Antitoxins? Hot sauce? I might have healing potions. (laughs) (laughs) I also might have sriracha. (laughs) The battle went on for some time, and almost all of our adventurers fell unconscious at least once. Fortunately, Oryx didn't play a cruel joke and hand them sriracha, and his healing potions revitalized the party. Eventually, they were able to turn the tide, felling first the Displacer Beast and then the Ankeg, a fearsome insect creature that had joined the battle midway through. All right, so she roundhouse kicks it, and it just, she crunches the chitin in, and it's sort of like like a cockroach, it just splats, and you, like, uh, flick, because you're right in front of it where its soft underbelly is, you get sort of coated in bug goo. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Uh, Make a con save for me, Flick. Nope. It's a 14. Okay, so you don't puke, but yes, it is dead. Yeah! And with that, the party was done with the trial of strength. They did, like, fine. Dranks' team crushed it, unsurprisingly. And also unsurprisingly, the Thoughtful Three and Meepo didn't do so hot, having all fallen during their combat. The adventurers were escorted back to their chambers and told that the third and final trial would take place the following day, though they still had no idea what the trial would entail or even what it was called. In the middle of the night, the party was awakened by strange sounds outside their room. Upon opening the door, they found Arx, who came in and told them some important information. You see, I I found out two uh, very important bits of information. I found out, one, where the Shimmer Scale is being kept. And I found out two... uh Uh-oh, I just realized something. I didn't find out two things. I found out three things. Fuck, we have to go back. (laughs) Please don't cut that out. (laughs) Yeah, please get that out. (laughs) Look, there's a lot to keep track of. And I hope you're happy, Bria. Not only did I leave it in the episode, but I even put it into this recap. Anyway, Oryx explained that anyone who got their hands on the Shimmer Scale during the course of the trials would automatically be elevated to leader, regardless of their performance. More worrying, Dranks was also aware of this rule, and Oryx worried that Dranks would be going after the Shimmer Scale during the night. The party was immediately suspicious of the situation, believing that this Oryx was in fact an imposter that they dubbed Pharyx, but decided to follow him to where he said the Shimmer Scale was being stored anyway. While they were there, ostensibly guarding the Shimmer Scale from possible theft, they were caught by Kashak and returned to their chambers. After stewing for the rest of the night, uncertain of what consequences they would face for breaking the rules of the trials by leaving their chambers, they were summoned for what they thought would be the third trial. Instead, however, they were taken to Kashak's chambers. Now, some of you may be wondering why you are here in my chambers instead of in the arena preparing for the third trial. Some of you have likely figured it out already. In any case, there are things that you should know before we proceed. Some of you have realized by now that you have already completed this third trial, the trial without a name. The events of last night were not happenstance. They were carefully directed by myself. As you have all doubtless noticed, there is a divide 
in our tribe. This schism comes down to a very simple question, and that is a question of tradition and uh, adherence to conventions and rules versus bold new thinking that sets aside antiquated mores and regulations when they are no longer useful. That is what my third trial was about. And as Kashak pauses to sort of let everything sink in with the twelve of you, the tension in the room sort of grows until it just feels like Uh something's got to give. And Kashak says, um, I'm sure you're all wondering now what the results of the trial are. It seems that for the first time in the tribe's history, the trials have chosen a non-kobold to lead us. And that is where we're going to leave it for this episode recap episode. Thanks so much for listening to our recap of episodes 11 through 17, the Trials series of The Last Refuge. If you enjoyed your listening experience, we hope you'll continue listening to our episode recap episodes and maybe even go back and listen to the full episodes. You can find all of those on our website, www.dndlastrefuge.com, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, once you've gotten a taste for what we do, it would be terrific, phenomenal, fabulous, groovy, first-rate, resplendent, and ace if you could leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcasts from. The more five-star ratings and reviews we get, the better our placement on those sites, and the better our placement, the more people will get to listen. We always read all of our five-star reviews that we get on our regular episodes, so leave us one and get a shout-out. If you want to get in touch with the Last Refuge team, you can reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at at dndlastrefuge. That's at d, the letter n, d, last refuge. You can also email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. As I mentioned, we do have a website as well. Check it out to see some character and player bios and other cool stuff. That address, again, is www.dndlastrefuge.com. I want to thank the fantastic cast of The Last Refuge, Bizdira, Kit, Bria, and Flick, and Robert Hupf, my story consultant for this campaign. Most of all, though, I want to thank all of you for listening. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands. Happy gaming, y'all. <laughs>